0: Wow, wow, wow. Can't say it enough. Wow. Welcome to the We Know Baseball podcast, part of the We Know Ball group of podcasting content. You know me. My name is Ryan at Ryan Knows Ball on Twitter. It's been a hot minute, a hot minute since we have recorded a baseball specific episode. We know baseball. We've been over on the We Know Ball podcast going off about the NFL, going off about the NBA. We have talked a little bit of baseball, but We Know Baseball is the baseball only show, part of the We Know Ball media group content collection. And here we are heading towards the end of the 2023 calendar year Major League Baseball free agency, hot stove, trade season whatever you want to call it, all the above, none of the above, transactional period that is not over. And there are plenty of free agents yet to determine where they're going to be playing in 2024. However, some of the most prominent names in the sport of baseball globally have made their final decisions about where they're going to end up, whether through free agency, some of them with trades, Everyone knows them all by now, but we're going to talk about all of them in a relatively refined episode, right? Because there's no actual baseball unfolding on a daily or weekly basis, but some transactions have gone through, and they're huge. I mean, they, they are huge, not only in terms of the rippling effects for the rest of the league, financially, on the field, off the field, everything. They're huge. And we'll talk about
1: the two biggest ones, plus the biggest trade so far this offseason and more. But welcome back.
0: We know baseball show. It has been, yeah, a long, long time since episode 44.
1: We know baseball. At least we'd like to think, right? We'd like to think we know baseball.
0: This episode kind of was a long time in the making only because, you know, I was going to make one and sort of record as an instant reaction for Juan Soto getting traded from the Padres to the Yankees. I was going to make one for Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to wait, I think, for the big three. The big three being, I think, Soto, Otani, Yamamoto. There are some other big time free agents that still have not determined where they're going to go. You got Blake Snell, you got Cody Bellinger. Uh, I'm probably missing a few. Those are just the first two that come to mind, but the biggest ones were uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Shohei Otani. Plus the Juan Soto trade from the Padres to the Yankees.
1: Lots to talk about with those acquisitions, those transactions. Um and i think once we're done kind of discussing those
0: moves and talking about the ramifications I think it can, it'll all kind of tie together specifically with the yankees and the dodgers and kind of this common theme that's starting to reveal itself in this specific mlb offseason
1: but 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 before we even get into that before we even Get into that. We will be talking about the new updated proposed rule changes by the MLB Competition Committee and Rob Manfred. So, new rules
0: proposed by the MLB Competition Committee. They're proposed and apparently have been approved. And I don't know the entire full process that goes into how these
1: rules become implemented. Okay. But before I even get into that process, before I even get
0: into the new, well, I'll get into the new rules as a transitionary into what's gone on. So, MLB Competition Committee has approved, according to Jesse Rogers of ESPN they've approved these new rule changes kind of adding on to the most recent rule changes for the 2024 season so previously in 2023 with the whole new wave of rules MLB had implemented the pitch clock most notably where the the pitchers had 15 seconds between pitches with no runners on base they had 20 seconds with runners on base they had uh, a maximum of three pickoff attempts per batter with the runners on any base, but usually first base and the maximum of three, meaning one pickoff attempt, a second pickoff attempt. And on the third pickoff attempt, that runner had to be retired on the base paths from that third pickoff attempt by the pitcher. Otherwise, the base runner was awarded an extra base, almost like a balk right? So the pitcher could pick off once, pick off twice. On the third pickoff,
1: if the runner's back safely, he gets to go to the next base. So, again, pitch clock, pickoff limitations, uh, larger bases, mound
0: visits were timed and limited, and I'm probably missing a few. I know that more recently, there's been a three batter minimum rule implemented for pitchers. All kinds of different stuff. Oh, and per at bat, each hitter gets one timeout to use. Kind of all part of that pitch clock realm. The competition committee has now approved further changes to add on to those rules. Uh taking the pitch clock with runners on base down from 20 seconds to 18 seconds between pitches. The mound visit total for each team down from five per game to four per game. Adding a new rule that if a pitcher warms up before an inning, he must face at least one batter in that set inning. And then lastly, they widened the runner's lane from home plate to first base. And they've widened it from not just the area in that foul territory box, But all the way from the foul territory line box in foul territory to the infield grass. So it's wider for base runners to run down, uh, which I think is a good rule. And that's kind of a random, separate rule that's not really related to anything that we're going to talk about on today's show. But they have implemented these new rules. I like the runner's lane one, and then the other ones, because that's a brand new one. And then the other ones are added on sort of from. Other rules that have been implemented in 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 the few years past, and I think the main thing to emphasize with the supposed proposal of these new rules, the Competition Committee uh, approving these changes, and again, I don't know the full process of how these rules get put into place, but from what I understand, I don't think the players have a lot to say, a lot to do with this, and I think there's a main reason for that. A few years back, the MLB Players Association, they had basically a work stoppage a lockout because of the uh, collective bargaining agreement that they were trying to come to an agreement on and it got to a point where rob manfred the commissioner of baseball started to postpone and remove games and weeks and days from the uh, regular season in baseball the players didn't like that they were going to be losing out on some money basically push came to shove the negotiation process got a little bit ugly to a degree Uh, And the players came to an agreement with the owners, with the league, on a new collective bargaining agreement. And in that new collective bargaining agreement, the players basically agreed to the competition committee from Major League Baseball, implementing new rules like the pitch clock, like the pickoff limitations, like the larger bases, things like that. The players, in my opinion, were forced into it. And almost tricked into it. Because they were arguing for things like uh, a higher competitive balance tax, equal pay, minor league pay, uh, a lot of things to do with money and not a lot to do with the actual on-field product. And I think the players got tricked into it a little bit. And that's not necessarily their fault. Maybe some guys enjoy the new rules. Maybe some guys don't care. You know, It's hard to say specifically. uh, But that part of it is kind of murky. One thing I can tell you definitively, that is Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, as well as the owners in the sport, minus a handful of guys. You could probably cross off about five or six of these guys from this grouping that I'm about to do. But Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and let's say 22 to 25 of the 30 owners in Major League Baseball. They all fall into the same category. And that category is
1: they don't give a single shit about baseball. They don't care about the actual sport and the product on the field. They don't care.
0: There's a handful of owners that don't fall into that category. But Rob Manfred and about 22 to 25 of the owners in Major League Baseball all fall into the same category. They don't care about the sport of baseball. They do not care about the on-field product. They don't care about The well being of the players. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about anybody but themselves and making as much money as physically possible. That is all they care about at all times. They do not care about the integrity of the game. They do not care about the mental well being of these players. They don't care about injuries. They don't care about any of it. If they say they do, they are lying. I want to make that abundantly clear. They are lying. Rob Manfred saying he wants the integrity of the game to remain while implementing these new rules and the pitch clock. And all that, he is lying. He is not telling the truth. The owners saying the same thing. They are lying. The only goal in the entirety of implementing new rules into the sport of Major League Baseball, more specifically, limiting things like pitch clock, or uh, limiting things like mound visits, pickoff attempts, pitching changes shortening the game and adding a pitch clock. The only goal for the owners and the commissioner in those situations and new rule implementations is to make the game of baseball easier to watch on television. That is the only goal. That is the only thing they are trying to do with any and every new rule change that they're adding into the sport. That's it. Because they want the game to be more appealing for people to watch on TV. They want games to go by a little bit quicker, just like all the other sports do. Basketball, hockey, all these different sports going by quicker, less commercials, things like that. They want TV deals. They don't care about how much ticket sales are. Teams have proven time and time again to sell out on a consistent basis to be top three, top five in attendance, and it does not impact the team's payroll. It doesn't impact the ownership. They could care less. What they want is massive, massive, massive TV contracts, TV deals, sponsorships, commercials, ads, money, revenue. That is the only thing the owner of any MLB team minus a handful of guys and the commissioner cares about. That's the only thing. Less mound visits, shorter pitch clock, less pitching changes, bigger bases, more stolen bases, limiting the shift. It is all in an attempt to make the game more appealing for the extremely outside and casual fan easier to watch on TV, more money, more sponsorships, money, 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 money. That's all they care
1: about. That's all they care about. That's all they've ever cared about. That's all they're ever going to care about. That's it. What I have a hard time understanding is how anybody, anybody that is a fan of baseball, granted, they can't do
0: much about it anyways. I can't do much about it. Most people watching, most people listening, can't do much about it. How anybody at any point could legitimately defend decision makes, uh, decisions being made by the commissioner, new rule changes being implemented, and use the logic behind it that it does ultimately make the game of baseball better.
1: I was extremely against the new rule changes
0: with the pitch clock the shift uh banning of the shift pickoff attempt limiting pitching change limiting mound visit limiting i was extremely against that when it first
1: got implemented uh last year i think the game of baseball
0: was changed drastically changed significantly and i don't necessarily believe it was changed for the better.
1: The games went by quicker. I guess that means better to a lot of people. Not really to me. Now, now they want to add on
0: to and continue to restrict the game of baseball. I'm going to repeat myself. Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball, and most of the owners of Major League Baseball do not care about the sport of baseball at all. They do not care about it. They do not care. They want to maximize profits and revenue at all costs, whatever that may take, including jeopardizing the integrity of the sport itself by adding rules. Into the sport that have never existed in the history of Major League Baseball. They want to make the games more appealing for people to watch on television because they want to make more money with TV deals, sponsorships, commercials, and advertising because that's where the money is in Major League Baseball. That's where the money is in professional sports. That's all they care about. They do not care about the health and safety of the players. They don't care about the, the diehard fans. They don't care about the viewing experience in person. They don't care about the revenue in the ballpark. They don't care about ticket sales. They don't care about any of it. The Colorado Rockies, every single year, are consistently top three, top five in attendance. And you could blame a lot of different reasons why that team is never competitive. The main reason is the owner, Dick Moffert, does not care about the people coming to the games. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the product in the field. He doesn't care if the team's competitive or not. He doesn't care about any of it. He doesn't care about any of it. He cares about making money, 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 more money, and as much money as he possibly can. Whatever that may take. Well, I guess
1: beer prices probably going to go up. Uh, Ticket prices, those will probably go up. Payroll, not going
0: to change. Product in the field, not going to be good. TV contracts, that's going to cost you more. Whoever wants the uh, sole broadcasting rights for the Colorado Rockies. Money, 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 and more money. The commissioner of Major League Baseball is acting on behalf of the owners. He wants to make the game more appealing for TV so that the owners can reelect him, so he can make more money because he wants money. The owners want money. He acts on their behalf to get them more money. He doesn't care about the sport of baseball. And everyone gave me shit for freaking out about the implementation of the new rule changes. The pitch clock, the mound visit limitations, the pickoff limitations, all that different stuff. Oh, it's going to make the game better. Oh, it made the games quicker. Oh, the action was better. Oh, this and that. Okay, maybe that's true. I don't agree, but maybe that's true. But guess what happens? You give him an inch, they take it a mile. 20 seconds with runners on base? Nope, has to be 18 seconds. Five mound visits instead of unlimited? Now it's five. No, 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 now it's four. No, 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 no. pitcher, if he's warming up before the Oh my God, dude. It's faster, 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 faster. We have to make the game faster. We have to go quicker. Baseball games, gotta give it under two hours. Faster, better on TV, more money, money, money,
1: money, money. Dude. The new rule changes are a joke they're a complete joke if it's not apparent
0: by now i don't know when it's ever going to be for people they don't care about the sport of baseball they want the game to go quicker and be a better tv product that's literally all they care about that is the only reason the owners and the commissioner want these rule changes in place
1: that is the only reason. Injuries increase a little bit, 15 20%. Bah, well, games are quicker. Pitcher's having a hard time on the mound. Can't throw strikes. He's got to step off in between
0: pitches and gather himself with a deep breath. Nope, can't happen. Get rid of it. Let's go. Throw the baseball. Let's go. Quicker, faster. People's attention span, shorter and shorter and shorter. Move quicker, faster, faster, quicker it's a complete joke. It is a complete joke. In my opinion, the new rule changes that were implemented in 2023 were a complete joke. They jeopardized the integrity of the sport to a degree. I know the game last year was fun and is exciting to watch, but then we ended up with a situation where we got the, the the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Texas Rangers. The Rangers were a decent team last year, the Diamondbacks weren't. That's the sport of baseball. Sometimes that happens. It is what it is. But it's deincentivizing other aspects of the game that have been in, that have been emphasized and incentivized for decades and decades and decades, and now all of a sudden it's incentivizing younger players, faster players, all this stuff. There's an argument for that that quality of the game, and I actually don't mind it. I thought some of the product was pretty decent, but I also thought most people hated the MLB postseason last year because the new rule changes. Forced every game to go by quickly, throw the ball, deliver the pitch, hit the ball. There was no moments. There was no dramatic sequencing. There was no opportunity for anybody at any point in the MLB postseason last year to take a step back, catch their breaths, analyze the situation, build the moment. None of that. Absolutely zero. And Major League Baseball suffered the consequences severely because of that. Severely. Last year's Major League Baseball postseason, despite, despite all the touting and bragging that MLB wanted to do about viewership being up and attendance being up, games being shorter. Okay, that's all awesome. Congratulations. Then we got to the postseason and nobody watched it. Nobody watched it. Big market teams got knocked out. Nobody watched the World Series because it wasn't the true sport of baseball at its heart. It was a 25 or 30% sped up version of what people were used to watching in October when the playoffs came around. Moments, mound visits, guys stepping out, pitchers being able to step off, gather their thoughts a little bit, a guy walking up to the plate with the bases loaded, taking his time, doing his batting gloves a little bit, stepping into the box, getting a nice deep breath, gathering himself for a monster situation. There were none of those. There were none of those. Corey Seager hit a game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning of a World Series game, and you barely heard about it. You barely heard about it. Unless you were seriously involved in the world of baseball media, and you were actively looking for that highlight. It was barely newsworthy in the grand scheme of the world of sports.
1: The world series, you barely heard about it. Granted, there's other sports that were going on at the same time,
0: football, college football, basketball on its way in, but Major League Baseball adding in the rule changes for 2023 and trying to even push those boundaries of the rule changes further in 2024 ultimately is doing themselves a massive, 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 massive disservice to the integrity of the game. That's my humble opinion. I'm just a guy. I don't know anything about baseball or about sports and revenue and all that stuff, but. I knew this was going to happen. I knew if people laid and rolled over, I knew if people rolled over. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. I knew if people rolled over to the new rule changes being implemented by Major League Baseball, adding in a clock, limiting mound visits, limiting pickoff attempts, all the different things, changing the sport, and the integrity of the game, in my opinion. I knew if these rule changes would just get implemented and nobody did anything about them, the MLB would start... Start pushing a little more. Push a little bit more. 20 seconds with runners on base, pitch clock. What about 18?
1: Oh, okay, 18. Let's say that gets a... Two years from now, what about what about 15? Before it was unlimited mound visits, then they put five.
0: Well, what about... Now, what about four mound visits? A couple years, what about three?
1: What about one mound... What about not, no mound visits? One pick, up, limit the pickoff attempts.
0: Three. Now, what about two? Let's do two. What about one? What about you're never allowed to pick off?
1: When does it turn into how many years does it take for baseball to turn into a, uh, I don't even know, a more complex version of an adult men's league softball
0: where it's just here's the ball, throw it, hit it, run. Attention span short as possible ads popping up in the middle of play. Like when do we draw the line? When do we draw the line? Uh, When is the MLB competition committee? When is major league baseball going to stop trying to push the boundaries, push the envelope a little bit, change the rules, shave off a second here, shave off a second there. They already cut off 30 minutes of average game time, 30 minutes of average game time last year. How much more do you need to chunk off Rob? Rob? How many more minutes do you need to shave off the edges to be even more appealing to TV sponsorships, advertisers, broadcast rights? How much more do you need? Because at this point, if anybody actually thinks Rob Manfred and a lot of the owners are, are actually acting in the best interests of the integrity of baseball, then you don't know anything about the sport of baseball at all. They do not care about the sport of baseball. They don't care about the integrity of it. They. They implemented these rules, they added in these rule changes because they want the game to be as appealing to the casual TV-watching fan as possible. That's it, that's all. They don't care about the diehard fan, they don't care about the health of the players, they don't care about people going to the games in person. TV appeal is the only reason they're doing this. I can't say it enough, I repeat myself over and over again because it has to be understood. And people have to start pushing back on the commissioner, on the owner's, for a number of different reasons, not just the rule changes, the fact that they're all cheap as hell, not paying their players, forcing fans to come and watch games at horrendous, terrible venues. And everybody's just kind of cool with it, kind of lets it go by. And I know there's not really much you could do about it anyways, right? What are you going to do about John Fisher, the owner of the, uh, the
1: Oakland A's, just moving the team? What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Not, not much, if anything. And I'm not saying just boycott. I'm not saying do all that stuff.
0: But voice your opinion about it. That's my that's my recommendation to people. Let it be known that these rule changes cannot and should not be implemented. I don't think they should have been implemented to begin with. I think if you're not going to watch baseball, you're never going to watch baseball. I don't think adding a clock is all of a sudden going to bring in this massive new wave of fans that they're attempting to pull in to make more money because they don't care about anybody except new fans, more viewership, higher ratings, and money and money and money. Now they have new rule changes. 18-second pitch clock with runners on base. Four mound visits instead of five. If a pitcher warms up before the inning, no, 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 we can't do a pitching change. We can't have any matchups at all. We got to just go out there and throw it, let it rip. Let's go quicker, faster, quicker, faster. Shorter attention spans, we got to go. If he warms up before the inning,
1: he's got to face at least one. Why? why 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 oh it's for money okay at least beyond at least i'd rather than be
0: honest to me about it i'd rather them come to me and be like you know what we got to make more money that's all we really care about is money gotta make the game more appealing for the tv viewer the casual fan try to draw in more people because ultimately the money comes in tv contracts and ad revenue. Sponsorships. So until we can make it more, you know, a better product for TV, you know, the league may struggle here or there and do this. And that. okay, that's, you know what? That's complete BS. You guys all have a ton of money, but at least you're being honest. But they're trying to disguise it. They're trying to disguise Major League Baseball is trying to disguise these new rule changes that they implemented last year that they are now trying to shave off even more for 2024 by shortening the pitch clock, limiting the mound visits. Limiting pitching changes. They're trying to disguise all this as helping the sport, making the game better, making it more appealing. I don't know. They're trying to disguise it. They're trying to make it seem like it's for the quality of the sport and for competition reasons, when in reality, it's just about money. It's always, always been about money and nothing else. Make it easier to watch on TV, make more money. If they were honest about it, I'd at least be like, well, that's kind of BS because you guys all have billions of dollars, but at least you're honest. and you're saying we need to change the rules of baseball and add it a clock so it makes it more appealing and the league can make more money and then we can have some improvements with the league, things like that. At least they would be honest in that situation. They're just trying to disguise it and just lying to people. And people got, people just folded last year. Well, we'll see how these rules go. It's not that big of a deal. It's
1: not that big of a deal. Hey, look, the games are shorter. And the the commissioner and the owners are like, okay, they've accepted
0: phase one. Phase two, less time on the pitch clock, fewer mound visits, fewer pitching changes. Can't just roll over anymore, man. I mean, at what point do we step in and be like, okay, stop adding stop shaving seconds off the pitch clock okay you know what maybe there was a clock that was necessary to some degree some guys take way too long at least we can accept that what do you need to shave off two
1: seconds from the pitch clock with runners on base you need to shave off a mound visit give me a break dude
0: this is why I was losing my mind last year when they implemented the rule changes into Major League Baseball and added a clock into a sport that had previously never had one in its entire history. This is why I was losing my mind. This is why. Because I knew if everyone just rolled over, they implemented these new rules, the players were kind of okay with it, and whatever, we ran a test phase. And then it shortened the, the games, it ultimately made it a more appealing product for TV. Just like they were trying to do to make more money. That's it. I knew they would try to take it one inch further. One inch further. One inch further. How much more time can we shave? How many more mouth visits can we cut? How many pitching changes can we limit? Faster, more, quicker, less time, more appealing. TV, money, money, money. That's it. That's all they care about. All right, I'm done talking about it. I'm done ranting.
1: Push back if you can. These rule changes suck. They sucked last year. They suck again. Soto traded to the Yankees. Padres get back. Uh, it was Soto
0: and Grisham. Padres get back. Michael King, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, Drew Thorpe, Kyle Higashioka pretty big trade just in terms of actual player volume, right? Seven guys involved. Uh but obviously Juan Soto being an incredibly talented player. It's an interesting situation because he's going to be a free agent after the year. What exactly does that mean for the Yankees? Will they be able to will they be able to re-sign him? I don't know. Nobody knows. He wants a lot of money. Uh but it is a big boost for the Yankees and uh the fan base, people are going to be excited. Otani signs with the Dodgers. Uh, 10 years, 700 million. He is deferring 680 million of the 700 million he signed for. He'd be compensated on an annual basis of about $2 million a year for the 10 years of his contract and then get the 680 million after the contract is over, which is bananas. Then, most recently, the Dodgers also sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Japanese pitcher, throws 100 miles an hour
1: uh, for 12 years. 12 years, $325 million. So, there's a lot to take away from a lot of these moves. There's been kind of a common theme
0: going through this MLB offseason so far and that theme is full panic mode from these teams full panic
1: Yankees missed the playoffs last year Dodgers yet to get uh they played it oh they didn't even play yeah that's right the Yankees missed the playoffs The Dodgers fail to get past the first round of the playoffs again.
0: We've got two of arguably the most wealthy and successful and prominent franchises in the sport of Major League Baseball with the Yankees and the Dodgers. With a combined total of World Series championships, legitimate 162 game World Series championships won between the Yankees and the Dodgers since the year 2000, one.
1: One. 2020 doesn't count. As a baseball fan who doesn't root for the Dodgers and has my own personal fan interests, but as a baseball fan, The Dodgers adding Otani and Yamamoto, if I'm being as honest as I can, doesn't really scare me that much. Maybe I'm just trying to cope, but maybe I have a section, I have a
0: Maybe it is. Maybe it's maybe that's just me trying to cope with the Dodgers getting two
1: superstars. Or or maybe. It's the fact that I have a portion of my brain that can recollect things that have unfolded in the past. I have the ability. To remember things. And because of that ability. I remember the fact
0: that the Dodgers every year have one of the highest payrolls, have a collection of superstars on their roster and they never win the world series.
1: So to a degree, they sign Otani, they sign Yamamoto, they got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And in the back of my head, I say, well, had a lot of those guys already for a long time. And they've never won the World Series. Haven't since the 80s. So, what's going to change? It's not meant as a piece of disrespect to Otani or Yamamoto because they're both exceptional players. But baseball has 25
0: players on the roster. Otani is one of nine hitters that are going to hit on a night in and night out basis. Yamamoto is one of five pitchers. They're going to pitch throughout the week. In fact, he's coming from Japan. So he might only pitch once a week, especially with the first year transition guy coming over from Japan, where they do only pitch once a week. Otani coming off his second elbow surgery. Am I coping as a non-Dodgers fan? Potentially. Am I also remembering history and recognizing that the Dodgers have always had
1: superstars and have never won the world series legitimately? Yeah. Dodgers had a pretty loaded team last year
0: without Otani or Yamamoto, and they didn't win a game in the postseason. That's how baseball works sometimes. People are acting like the Yamamoto and Otani signings are just, oh yeah, write it off, guaranteed, it's over, Dodgers win the World Series.
1: It'd be easy to predict, it'd be easy to say that. But they lost to the Diamondbacks last year. Here's the bottom line with the Dodgers signing Otani and Yamamoto. This is it. This is the only explanation. The Dodgers are overcompensating. They're overcompensating. They haven't won a legitimate World Series since the 80s.
0: They're always tops in payroll. They're always loaded, not only on their major league roster, but in their farm system. They've had nothing but superstars over and over and over in Los Angeles on the Dodgers, traded for, signed massive contracts, And they have nothing to show for it. Except for one COVID World Series that most
1: people discredit. And they know that. They're overcompensating. And, in my opinion,
0: massively, massively overpaying. For two players that are exceptional. Otani, amazing talent. Yamamoto was great in Japan. Well, the Dodgers are throwing money. Now, it's not my money. And
1: you know what? They can afford to do it. That's great. It's fantastic. But. The Dodgers didn't need to do those two moves with Otani and
0: Yamamoto. They didn't need to. A lot of other teams have massive gaping holes in their lineup, in their rotation. But what the Dodgers are doing is they're simply overcompensating And the front office is throwing as much money as they possibly can at everybody and anybody that they can get their fingers on so that they can at least say and justify in their heads. We did everything we could from a financial standpoint to lead this organization to a championship. Now it's up to the players. Now it's up to the team. If they don't go out and perform then at least all of us in the front office are safe with our jobs. Then we can go to Dave Roberts. We can fire the manager. Then we can talk about our player development guys. Then we could blame the players. We could talk about how, well, this is what they did in the past. Then they underperformed on the field. But we gave them the financial incentive. We backed them up. We gave them the trust. They're the ones that have to go out and deliver. And then if they don't, it's on the players, it's on the manager, it's on the coaches, it's not on anybody in the front office. When ultimately, the front office is just as much to blame as everybody else in the organization. But they're overcompensating, they're throwing money at their problems, and we all know, in baseball,
1: that's not usually the answer. Besides the Yankees in the late nineties and trying to think, uh,
0: besides the Yankees in the late nineties and maybe one or two of the Red Sox championships in the two thousands, typically speaking, the team with the highest payroll is not just waltzing through to the World Series. And for
1: the Dodgers to spend over a billion dollars on two players, it tells me they're insecure, they're overcompensating,
0: and the front office is trying to make it as clear as they possibly can that they are not the problem and that it's the players underperforming and or The manager not doing his job properly now it's for dave roberts if the dodgers don't sweep their way through the postseason in a world series championship at the end after winning 122 games if i was a dodgers fan anything less than that would be considered a monumental failure in 2024. The Dodgers organization is setting themselves up for nothing but failure. Winning a championship in baseball, in my opinion, is arguably the hardest sport of them all to win a championship in. Because in other sports, you can have the talent that's just simply better, and you can go out and you can win. But clearly, with the history of the Dodgers specifically in the sport of baseball, just because you have more talent on the roster, Doesn't mean you're gonna go out and win all the games. That's how baseball works. In the last two postseasons, the Dodgers have gone into those postseasons with arguably the best rosters in both postseasons. And they have a combined one win in the last two postseasons. One. All they're doing is setting themselves up for failure. Otani, 700 million. Yamamoto, 325. A billion dollars set up. At this point, if the Dodgers don't go out, and win 115 games and sweep their way through the postseason, anything less than that would be a failure. After spending a billion dollars, a billion dollars on two guys, and already having Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, one of the top farm systems,
1: tons of young, controllable talent. If they do anything less than that, it's a monumental failure.
0: Why? Why would they put themselves in that situation? The only silver lining out of the Dodgers getting Yamamoto and Shohei Otani is that they are now literally not only going to be one of the most popular organizations in the entire country, but an entirely other country is going to be nothing but Dodger fans. The country of Japan and its entirety will not watch a single other game of Major League Baseball except for Dodgers games. The Dodgers are now Japan's team. For that reason, financially, the Dodgers will always be okay with the commitments that they've made to Yamamoto and Otani. They'll always be okay from that perspective. But from a legacy perspective, all they're doing is setting themselves up for failure. You have Otani for 10 years, you have Mookie Betts for another 7 or 8, you got Freddie Freeman for another 5 or 6, you got Yamamoto for another 12 years. I mean, if they don't walk out of this next decade, before the end of
1: 2020s, before 2030, if they if the Dodgers organization shows
0: up to spring training in 2030 and doesn't have an additional three world series banners hung up in their facility as a Dodgers fan. If I was a Dodgers fan, I would consider that to be a monumental failure, monumental failure.
1: Because of the financial
0: commitments that they've made. Because of the promises that they're attempting to make. Anything less than three world championships before the end of the decade, in my opinion, as a non-Dodgers fan, I would consider that to be a failure
1: if I was a Dodgers fan. So all they're doing is setting themselves up for failure. That's all they're doing. Financially, they'll always be
0: okay. They have an entire country of Japan backing them, watching their games, dialed in on a nightly basis to watch Otani hit, to watch Yamamoto pitch once a week. God forbid, both guys are playing in the same game. I mean, it's a Japanese national game at that point. And that's awesome for them. They're going to make a ton of money from that, from the Japanese market. But all the Dodgers are doing with these contracts is setting themselves up for disappointment and failure. If I was a Dodgers fan, my expectation would be three world championships before the end of the 2020s. Three. At least three. And if they go out and do it, I'm happy that anything less than that, I'm disappointed. I am not happy with anything less than that. One world championship, that's not enough at this point for the Dodgers. They're going to need two. At least two. Three potentially before all these contracts are done and expired. And then if they get it, then they're they're point blank proof that money can buy rings. But we've already known and we've already seen in the in the sport of baseball and even specifically with the Dodgers, money doesn't buy you championships.
1: So all the Dodgers are doing is just setting themselves up for failure. It is a High-risk, medium-to-low-reward
0: investment in terms of legacy for the Dodgers organization for the next 10 to 15 years. In terms of financially, they'll always be set. Otani and Yamamoto will bring in so much money internationally that these contracts could potentially be justified from a financial perspective. But from a legacy standpoint, if their goal is ultimately to win championships— All they're doing is setting themselves up for potentially monumental failure. Uh, Could you imagine the Dodgers coming out of the 2020s with
1: zero World Championships? Could you imagine that? And I don't even want to say like, oh, they should. They should win the World Series.
0: Why? They should have won the World Series last year. They should have won the World Series in 2022 and 2021 they should have won the world series they should have a world series championship in a legitimate full regular season and postseason since the 80s but they don't because that's how baseball works money doesn't buy championships tell that to the padres last year tell that to the mets
1: last year tell that to the yankees last year and the dodgers they're overcompensating that's all the Dodgers are doing they're overcompensating the front office
0: is making it known and making it prominent enough to a point where they can't take the blame now they can blame the players for underperforming they can blame uh the manager they can blame coaching and they're setting themselves up for monumental failure and I guess we'll it is yet to be seen what will happen with those contracts and those players Not sure what it's going to happen, but it might get ugly. Who knows? Who knows? That's going to do it, guys. Episode 44. We know a baseball podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed me. Literally, just ranting for almost an hour. Almost an hour. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. I certainly did. Makes me feel a little bit better about myself (laughs) as a Padres fan and a guy who, you know, disappointed with the outcome of last year's season. For a number of different reasons, not just selfishly for the Padres, but for the sport, I don't love it. Ugh. Meh, meh is what it is. And now the Dodgers are getting everybody. So they don't like, they're not equally dispersing the talent. It's just not great for the sport. The rule changes aren't great for the sport. I don't love the direction the baseball is going in, if you ask me. But hey, who am I? Just a guy with a show that just voicing my own opinion, right? So. Either way, hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 44 of the We Know Baseball podcast. Check us out on YouTube at We Know Ball Sports on TikTok and Instagram. At Ryan Knows Ball is my handle on Twitter. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And we will catch you next time on the We Know Baseball podcast. A peace.